The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, here we go. It is 707. It is the Employment Law Show. John Scholes here along with employment lawyer Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner at Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. Check it out if you don't believe me. Look, if you got uh, questions about your employment rights, this is your show. As you know, the Wednesday night uh, flagship show. You've been terminated laid off, wrongfully dismissed, uh, harassed at work, experienced changes to your job or human rights issues, all that stuff. For simple severance questions, call. Call the show now. Phone line open, 416-870-6400. Lines are ready to go. So are we. So let's get the uh, show underway. Lior, we're going to talk about this. No, your employer is not allowed to in just a bit, but we always start with a situation that you've been dealing with of late, uh, the week that was. What's, What's going on, pal? Hey John, well you know it's uh, going on. We're, we're in the home stretch before the uh, the holidays, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of stuff still happening. A lot of calls to my office, a lot of emails. Uh, I've been speaking today. Gosh, seems like uh, from from morning until now with a lot of people about their workplace rights. But that's great. I, I like that. My team likes that. So take advantage of the fact that, especially this year, we're not going anywhere. We're definitely not going anywhere this year. So even now, over the holidays, if you have questions, issues, problems, you want to know about your workplace rights, reach out to us. But it starts with this show right now on this station. We're live. You're, you're listening to us. So take advantage of the fact that we're here wanting to answer questions. If you have a problem and you don't know uh, what to do, you're, you're maybe you want to be prepared for something that's going to happen in the new year. Well, hey, now's the time to ask that question. Maybe you're afraid that in the new year year you'll be out of a job, or maybe you're afraid that your job is going to change. Can they do that? Should you respond to it? Should you say something? Don't wonder anymore. Call us right now, and I'll answer it, and you can walk away with that information. But as John, as you said, let let me talk about a couple situations that uh, I've had to deal with uh, very recently. The first one, John, is probably the kind of the biggest topic right now in employment law, and that has to do with uh, COVID vaccines. And, you know, we've touched on this before, but I wanted to go over it again because uh, I've been asked that uh, literally every hour, it seems, for the past couple of weeks. And that is the idea is can your employer force you to be vaccinated? Right. We're rolling out the COVID vaccines. At some point in the next six, eight months, most people that want to are going to be able to be vaccinated. So the question is, can your employer force you? Can your employer tell you, if you want to continue working here, you have to be vaccinated? Now, that's not a simple question to answer. We don't have a lot of history with these things. We've never had a pandemic like this. We've never had such a, a wide campaign of vaccinations happen over such a short period of time. So we're trying to give the best information and advice we can. But here's where I come out on this. Generally speaking, an employer does not have the right to force a vaccine. An employer does not have a right to threaten your job, to to let you go if you refuse to be vaccinated. That is true in in most situations. It's especially true if you have a medical reason as why you can't get it or maybe a, a religious reason. Your employer can't force that. Now, there may be some situations uh, where you're working in a very sa- safety-sensitive position, maybe in healthcare or in elderly care, where the employer can show that unless you get vaccinated, you really can't do your job. Right. In those very narrow set of circumstances, 
the employer may be able to require you to get vaccinated. But for most other people, if your employer imposes a rule that you have to be vaccinated, that arguably would be a human rights violation. That would be illegal. So you will have the ability to say no. Now, your employer uh, is going to have to allow you to continue working if it's possible. Maybe that means you have to still wear a mask or socially distance in the workplace. But for most of you out there, your employer is not going to be able to impose such a rule. If you're ever in that situation, you're concerned, you're, you don't want to be vaccinated, but your employer is insisting on it. Before you do anything with your employer, you want to reach out to us. Let's have a talk about it. Yeah, reach out to you. I think you better get another 1-800 number happening in the next year because you know you're going to get flooded with calls because there's going to be many employers. You know, unfortunately, don't listen to this show. But they wish they would. But uh, they're gonna they're gonna say exactly that. No, no, you got to be vaccinated before I can bring you back to work. For sure, you're gonna get those phone calls. They're starting already, John. Uh, I've been <laughs> getting calls from employees. I've been getting calls from employers. They want to know. They want to be prepared. So it, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. You know, usually I try to give an answer like this is the answer, full stop. When it comes to this particular issue, you know, there's some wiggle room. But the advice that I just gave is the best advice for most people. No, you can't. Your employer can't require you to be vaccinated. Again, 416-870-6400. Lines are open here. It's a 712 early on a Wednesday night. You got all kinds of time to ask your questions. What else? Uh, what else you got going on, brother? So the other issue, change of pace completely, is the idea mm-hmm. that sometimes waiting, uh, in fact, many times waiting too long means you can give up your rights. So here's a situation that came uh, across with my desk just beginning of this week. I spoke with a, a, a lady. She had worked uh, as in an administrative capacity, and she felt that she was being bullied and mistreated and harassed by her supervisor. She was very frustrated, of course, as, as anyone would be. And uh, at one point, you know, when she really felt like she was bullied, it was the afternoon on, on, a, on a Friday, and uh, she said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm going home. I, I, I gotta, I gotta get out of here." Right. And she went home to kind of clear her head. Except she got an email later on saying, "We accept your resignation." Okay. Well, the problem here becomes she doesn't do anything. In fact, doesn't contact me till a few months later. Oh, shoot. Wants to know, Lior, you know, what happened there? Well, that's a huge, huge problem. She did not resign. They terminated her employment. She walked home. That's not a resignation. But because they told her you've resigned and she never responded, she's considered to have accepted it. If she had responded saying, what are you talking about? I didn't resign. And if at that point they don't let her go back to work, then that's a termination. They owe her a lot of severance. But in her situation, unfortunately, she didn't respond. She didn't say anything. And fast forward a few months later, now it's too late to do anything about it because it's, you know, in a, reason, in a reasonable situation, if your employer says you resign and you didn't, you're going you're gonna to say something about it. So by waiting too long, she gave up on potentially as much as 18 months severance. So please, please don't let that happen to you. Uh, Don't sit on your rights. Don't uh, be silent in the face of something happening that you don't agree with. If you're not sure how to respond, call me, email me. But please, waiting, being silent, not doing something could absolutely mean giving up your rights. You bet. 416-870-6400, the number to call in here. Now to the show, let's get to the the calls, get to Eric. Eric, thanks for holding on for a sec. How are you tonight? Well, thank you. A little cold, but well. Yeah, no kidding. What's uh, what's going on? What's on your mind? I have a question. I work at a small shop, and I'm not. I just found your show on the radio, so I'm not sure if this is a purview of the show or not. But 
the employer quite often slags the employees to employ other employees but talks nice to you. Is that something that, how do you handle that internally without blowing up? Now, is that the like the owner of the company or is this just a supervisor? Yeah. No, it's the owner. It's a small company. The so, owner, I mean, like, yeah. like it's, it's, he regularly loses his mind and, you know, why does he do this and why does he do that and why, and like, he doesn't know what he's doing and I can replace all the people, like, in front of wow. the employees. And, and as well, um, anyway, I'll let you, I, there's another thought, I just lost it, I'll let you, I'll let you go. Well, here's the thing. The problem, of course, is the fact that it's 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 the boss, it's the owner, it's the it's the main person in charge there that's uh, doing this. So there's not much you're going to be able to do to correct the behavior because there's no one to go to. So instead, what happens is those employees that feel that they're being mistreated, bullied, harassed, whatever you want to call, uh, whatever you want to call it, they have the op- option if they can show what's happened to treat that situation as a termination. We call that a constructive dismissal. So if you're being mistreated, bullied, yelled at, put down, uh, and, you, and you can show that that's something that, that's, that's happening, you don't have to accept that. You don't have to continue working, and the law would look at that as a termination, as if the company let you go. Now they have to pay you a bunch of severance. The trick, of course, is you have to be able to show what's happened. Maybe there's a recording. Maybe there's a witness. But that is the option that's available to those employees that feel that they're being uh, bullied or, or improperly treated by the owner. I'm, well, I'm at, I've been here three years, and there's been 19 guys come and go since I've been there. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And, well, it's, it, it's, and it's, I bet you it, these employees – yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, and, you know, I've – I've had it up to here, and I actually have another spot lined up for the new year, and I'm out anyway. But I'm just wondering, like, is there anything I should, would say, should say, just let it go? Because by then, I don't care. It's just, well, there's it's been, no one to say something to. It's really about yeah. the employees that feel that they've, they've been mistreated to do something about it by treating that as a, as a, as a termination. But there's nothing to do to stop it, because who are you going to yeah. complain? There's no HR. There's no, you know, no one else. But any employee that's being mistreated does have the ability to treat that as a termination. And even though they're the ones leaving, they could still get severance. You just need to write it all down, right? Always. Yeah, or record something or write it down, send an email, some way to prove it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. All right, thank you for your time, gentlemen. I'm going to keep listening to this. I find this informative. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. We always like to have a uh, new listener on board. Let's take a short break. Uh, Carrie, I see you there. Stand by. Don't go anywhere. Keep your phone close at hand, close at ear, and uh, we'll get to your call. You as well, 416-870-6400. That is the number to call in. You want to reach out to Lior, by the way, send an email, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And any other time, 1-855-821-5900. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 7.20, and to contact Lior and his team confidentially, by the way, email help at employmentlawyer.ca, and you can call, like I said, 1-855-821-5900, employmentlawyer.ca. To get the advice, you'll find out links to our television show 
And always, you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Tens of thousands of Canadians get results through calling those numbers and going using that email address and going to those websites. So, uh, so give it a shot and listen to the rest of the show, of course. As promised, back to the phones. Always top priority. Carrie, thank you for standing by. How are you? Uh, uh, not so good. <laughs> okay, what's up? Um, so my husband had a double lung transplant in 2018, and he went into chronic rejection. And due to the hospital re- restrictions, and he died in March. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's been tough. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, as a director, I went on reduced hours for five months. And, you know, that was okay. We accepted it. But I, but all of us were working still 50 hours a week trying to keep the business going because, you know, predominantly our business was online. So it took off. And as we... I. I had to resign due to just the enormity of what I've been through two weeks before our fiscal ended. And um, I'm due for a pretty big bonus because of the huge sales increases that we had. And my company is not responding to me. Well, first of all, uh, Carrie, I'm very sorry to hear about your loss. Um, Thank you. the second thing I'll say is they will respond to me. Uh, they, they, they're not responding to you. That's not uncommon, unfortunately, but they will respond to me. They will not ignore me. And yes, you are entitled to that bonus uh, because you worked so close to the end of the fiscal. You, you, you've contributed. If you would have qualified for the bonus, if you were there another few weeks, you would qualify for this bonus now. So they have to pay the bonus. Are, are we talking about a substantial amount? Yes quite okay. bit. So, so here's what it should take is a letter from me should, you know, grease the wheels enough, if you will, to, to get this done. So I want you to reach out to me off, uh, off air. You know, yes, the one thing though, that I, I, I will say here, and, and it obviously it's not for your benefit because you know, what's done is done, but just for the benefit of everyone else listening that in this difficult situation that you were in, of course, it made absolute sense that you can't work but one of the things I want you to know that is an option you, one could do in that situation is get time off. You know, you have a doctor's note saying that, you know, for, for, for health reasons, I you need to be I gave them a off. doctor's note, actually. Yeah. And, and, well, no, I did a hard resign, honestly, because I just couldn't work. I, I crashed. Well, I crashed and burned just because. I was working so much overtime Right after my husband died. Like, they called me back to work after two days after he died. Right. But one of the things you could have done potentially, and, and for anyone else in that situation, you could have been off for six months, 12 months even, with the doctor's note. And then if if and when you felt better, you could have gone back to work. Obviously, we can't go back in time and undo that. No, so we can, I, I at understand At this point, we can that. focus on, on the bonus. Yeah, I understand. So I want you to reach out to me, Carrie. I'll help you get that bonus. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Carrie, thank you very much. Hang in there and uh, take this number down for sure. I'll give you email and I will give you a number, Carrie, 1 855 821 5900. Again, 1 855 821 5900. Help at employment lawyer. .ca, that's how easy the email is, uh, 416-870-6400. That's the number to use right now. Lee, thank you for hanging on. Good evening. How are you? 
Good. Yourself? Beautiful. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I was working. Now this goes back probably about a year and a half ago. Now I was working. Uh, I'm a member of a local union in Hamilton. I was working out at an oil refinery. Um, I got injured, as do I. A small. I slipped on some ice and uh, injured my knee. So they took me to the their medical center. Um, anyways, long story short, I had to do a, a pee test, a drug and alcohol test, because I had an injury at work. And I failed the test due to marijuana. Um, now, weeks prior to this test, they had, this is when marijuana was just legalized, and they told us all that we had to show up fit for work. It was a big safety meeting. We all signed a bunch of paperwork. Now, a month later, I have a little injury. I have to do a P-test. I fail, and I am benched, but they tell me for 30 days. Um, after the 30-day bench, I find out that I have a one-year ban at the facility that I was working at because of the uh, direct violation of policy, which is the failed P-test. And uh, I'm just wondering if I got any leg to stand on because marijuana is legal in this country and there's nothing wrong with at the end of the day going home and having a smoke mm. and uh, yeah I don't uh, I don't know I feel like I was wrong big time we got a I got a one-year ban so, I'm still not, so Lee still uh, not you know but go ahead Lee, ultimately, it really has nothing to do with whether marijuana is legal or not. It's at the end of the day, it's about safety and it's about following the work rules. But here's the thing. The only one that can advise you as to whether you have a legal leg to stand on, the only one that can help you if you do, is the union. Because you're a unionized employee, you only have that recourse available to you. Uh, so whatever I say you know, in this context doesn't actually matter because it matters what the union says and what the union does. I can tell right. you you have so a great case. If the union lawyer, doesn't pursue it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So okay. So, right. so it has to be the union and the union lawyer. That's that's the only recourse that's available there, uh, Ali. So, so definitely do that. Uh, but, but it's an important thing to remember that despite the fact that marijuana is legal, uh, the, despite the fact that, uh, you know, you're not breaking any laws by, by smoking marijuana, an employer mm -hmm. can absolutely still have a rule that says you cannot show up to work under the influence, very much like alcohol. Alcohol is legal. An employer can absolutely say that you can't show up to work uh, while you're drunk. So the fact that marijuana is legal does not mean that you can just uh, ignore the rules that an employer has. 416-870-6400. That is the number to use. Eugene, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Hi, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this is a little bit out of your realm because you're not trying to solve a problem for me. Uh, quick question, uh, just because it's a law question. What's the difference between theft and breach of trust? And I'll take your answer off uh, the phone. Great. Sure. The, uh, the difference is simply that theft is a type of breach of trust. So there could be other other types of breach of trust. There could be doing other things that are contrary to the interests of someone. So theft is simply an example, a type of a breach of trust. That's that's all it is. All right, he's gone. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred is the way. And you uh, you're standing by patiently. Really appreciate that. How are you? No worries. Great. How are you? Fantastic. Glad you took the time to call in tonight. So what's on your mind? 
Okay, I worked for a company five years, and they terminated me, really not. They kept coming up with all kinds of different excuses, but I was partially fed up anyway. Um, so they, they pressured me to take the severance pay, and I tried to contact somebody for legal work. Anyway, I was broke, so I went ahead and agreed to accept the severance pay. But when I got my, uh, what do you call it, when you, when you leave and you get your papers, your employment record. Record of employment. Yeah. ROI, they yeah. had me down for four years, not five. So the first year I worked there, I, they weren't taking any income tax off. And then the year after, they did. But their records show that I was only there four years. So I'm wondering if they figured that other year into my severance pay. And how much severance did they give you in terms of weeks or months? Uh, I think it was eight weeks. So here's the problem. The problem, well, okay, let me ask you this first of all. How many people approximately work for this company, Ballpark? Oh, it's a private school, so lots of people, teachers. I was a driver. So if I were to say more than 50, would that be correct? Yes. Okay. And did you have your five-year anniversary with this company? No, I never did, no. So you were there for less than, than five years? Well, I would have been coming up to the five years, Mark. Got it. Okay. So so here's the thing. It's interesting that uh, because you only got your, your minimum entitlements and not, no more than that, even if you sign something in return, it doesn't actually limit you from pursuing it. So the record of employment really doesn't really matter here. I mean, the record of employment is only relevant for EI, and whether you work for four years or five years, it doesn't matter. You, you, either way, you get your EI. But what matters is that, yeah, you, you likely were considered an employee for the entire duration. So even if, whether you're four or five years, it, it's a question of how much severance you're owed. Your minimum entitlements, uh, well, if you haven't had your five-year anniversary, then probably not. So Sorry, I, I'll take that back. Bottom line is this, because you accepted the eight weeks, unfortunately, that, that's what ends the analysis here. If you had yeah. your five-year anniversary already, we would potentially be able to get you more. But because you, you did not, because you were there for less than five years and you accepted those eight weeks, that is the issue here. You probably would have been owed about six months pay, potentially a bit more than that. But because you accepted the eight weeks, unfortunately, and there's not much that we can do about it, regardless of how they got to it, because you accepted, you said, yeah, this is fine. That that's all that, yeah, that can be done right now. Yeah, and I signed a thing. I just thought maybe I could come back after them and and get that other year. Well, it's not about that. It's about the fact yeah. that you accepted severance that you know yeah. unfortunately was yeah. was inadequate to the tune of you know a few months' pay. But uh, because of that, you know, not much we can do. And and I wish there was something I can do to help. But there's an important reminder there for all our listeners that if you are offered severance, chances are just just like with Anne. That you're, off, that you're offered a lot less than what you're actually owed. Anne was probably owed six months' pay. She was offered and paid eight weeks' pay. That is a very, 
very, very common situation. Chances are you're in the same situation if you're looking at that severance offer. So please, please, please do not sign it, no matter what, without calling, without getting some advice, without getting our help to improve it. Because the thing is, it's actually easy to improve it. It's easy. It takes a letter usually, and we're done. So please don't do that. Again, still got some time here, 416-870-6400 to reach out and ask Lior your questions as well. We've had a, you know, we've run the gamut on topics tonight, which is great. We love that. Provides a lot of color to the show because there's so many angles of employment law to be covered here. And uh, we'll get into some of this with our remaining time. No, your employer is not allowed to. These are things that most people wouldn't realize until they tune into this show week after week and learn it, right? Yeah, that's uh, probably the most common questions that I get always starts with, can my employer do dot, dot, dot? So I thought we'd take some of those most common questions and address them right here on the show because you'd be surprised by how many things your employer is actually not allowed to do. We'll nail a few of these in between the calls. Uh, First one is this, are they allowed to change my pay, my job description, my hours of work, my location, stuff like that? Well, if you ask most employers, they'll say, sure, we can, because we're the employer. We get to decide. So we'll decide if we want to change your hours, your your, your role, your pay even. Uh, no, not the case. Not at all. Far from being uh, the truth. The reason for that is an employer does not have the ability to make significant changes to the terms of employment. Your employer can't reduce your pay, can make those significant changes. And if they do, you, the employee, have the right to treat that as a termination. We call that constructive dismissal. So no, your employer may be the boss, may own the company, but just like you can't decide you're going to get paid more just because you want to, by the same token, your employer can't decide to reduce your pay. That applies to many significant changes, and if you accept them, it may be too late to do something about it, so you have to act on that quickly. Flip over, take a call in between. Esco, thank you for uh, for standing by. How are you? Okay. I wish to remain active, interactive on the air, uh, because you may have another question or may have a question to refine my question. Let's hear you. Sure. Let me get us better here. Okay. So, so basically, what is your retainer fee, if any at all? Meaning, how much does it cost to retain you? Second mm-hmm. question is, what is your hourly fee? Now, the reason why I ask that, although I've been trained to say less, the better, but the reason why I ask that, um, the lawyer there, is because if I'm owed X amount, say 5000 bucks, for instance, but the fee exceeds what I would be getting back from the employer, it wouldn't make any sense to, no disrespect, to hire a lawyer, retain a lawyer if I'm going to be getting chicken feed. Of or, course not. You know what I mean? Totally. Number, yeah, wait, number 100%. Two, number two, number two um, <laughs> this vaccination, I don't trust it because if you check and do your hardcore analytical, critical thinking research in Australia – which the news here is not reporting, false HIV AIDS results are coming back to anyone who's been taking the um, the vaccination there for um, COVID-19 allegedly there. So I don't really want to touch any of those things that tinker, alter, or modify my DNA nor my RNA. I don't trust it. It's part of a bigger plot. Globalist gotcha. agenda. All right. So let me answer the question. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to get into the, the vaccines and, and those conspiracy theories or whatnot. Not, 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 not the right place for it. But in terms of uh, about fees, etc. 
for the reasons that you've just said, that it doesn't make sense to pay someone 5000 to get 5000 most of the matters we take on, we take on on a contingency basis, meaning we take a percentage of whatever we're able to obtain. Uh, that way there's no uh, ever questions about is it worth it. It's always worth it. You don't have to worry about paying legal fees. You don't have to worry about paying big bills without getting compensation. So that's why you don't have to worry about it. Cost should never be an issue preventing you from seeking advice and, and standing up for your rights. 416-870-6400. Appreciate the call there. We'll get to uh, to John. Hi, John. You're up next. How are you? I'm well, thanks. And yourself today? Excellent. Hope you're uh, keeping warm and safe. What's, uh, what's on your mind, pal? Both uh, my son and I are uh, uh, couriers for a cartage company delivering small packages in minivans, and our company's telling us that um, we are not entitled to overtime until over 60 hours. We're, they're considering us transport drivers. Uh, and are you are you employees or independent contractors? Em- employees. Okay, and, and you you obviously only drive within the city, right? Uh, no, we we drive all outside the city, right? But you don't cross provincial lines, I guess. Obviously, no, not provincial lines, just within cottage country, right? Right. Okay. So so that overtime actually is for anything over fifty uh, fifty hours a week. All right. 50 so hours, yeah. 50. So it's not 60 for you. Oh, okay. Okay. So if if they won't pay it, I mean, you can get my help. You can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor uh, because that's they're not paying you properly. Okay. That's what we assumed and that's what we kind of looked up and but um, uh, we were told no 60. Okay. Excellent. Right. Right. Awesome. No problem. Thanks John. Appreciate it. Continue the uh, safe driving up there in Halliburton. Uh, 416-870-6400. That is the number. Rob, thank you for standing by. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Um, this is a question that's more to satisfy my own curiosity as I can't find anything online in regards to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I currently work for a company. I'm going to be pretty vague because I don't want to out the company. Or So anyway, um, about a year ago-ish, maybe 10, 11 months ago, I had a slip and fall in the warehouse now i went to the dog i I hit my head but thankfully i only missed two shifts so i wasn't really injured that severely however the management on duty didn't put any paperwork in regards to any sort of wsib claim and then i re and i reminded them a couple of times about it still nothing i didn't get receive a copy nothing like that uh, I was recently taken over by another man- manager, well, a CEO, another CEO, and I approached him about this, and we got the paperwork filled out finally because it should have been done originally. Now, my question is, is what kind of recourse, if if it ever comes back that, you know, I'm having issues with my neck, my head, um, what kind of recourse could have been with this particular manager for not filling out this paperwork? Etc. Well, the recourse would be the WSIB can fine uh, the company for not doing that. There's no recourse that you have because WSIB ultimately, if if you're covered, if this was a workplace injury, they'll cover you. Whether the the mm-hmm. paperwork is on time or not, they'll, they'll pay if they're supposed to be to be paying. Uh, they they don't like it when companies don't fill out paperwork. So there could be fines. They could increase their premiums. There could be other repercussions for the company. But as relates to you, it's simply a matter of do you qualify for WSIB? If you do, you'll get it. If you don't, then then you won't get it. 
Well, yeah, I, I was I was paid for the two days that I missed, and, and thankfully, basically, I fell over a railing. It was it was complete negligence upon the company's part because there was a railing that wasn't right. um, installed properly. And the ironic part is that the railing that gave way kind of saved me from further major injury. Um, I just wanted I just wanted to know if like. Um, if there was going to be any recourse for this particular manager, who I'm not really a big fan of anyway. <laughs> not from you. There may already have been recourse by WSIB. You probably will never know about it, but there's nothing directly that, that you're entitled to because of the manager didn't do what he was supposed to. It's between the company and, and WSIB. Rob, appreciate the call. Got to try to squeeze in the last two here before we go. Uh, Peter, in that regard, you were up next. Good evening. Hi, how are you doing tonight? Good. What's on your mind, Pete? Uh, well, I'm just, uh, my wife passed away uh, October the 1st, and uh, um, I've been at this company for, like, 36 years, and um, and I'm kind of going through depression, and, uh, you know, they've been uh, downsizing, and I've been, been moving around from one unit to another unit. And I'm just wondering if there's anything I can do about it. So, uh, first of all, uh, Peter, I'm very sorry for your loss. Um, second is the, probably the best thing that you can do right now if you are suffering, suffering with those issues is talk to your doctor and get some time off work. Because legally speaking, as long as the doctor gives you a note, and the doctor doesn't have to say why, just that the, for medical reasons, you can be off as long as you need to. Now, while you're off, if you have a short-term or long-term disability plan through work, you can apply for that. If you don't have that, you can apply for EI benefits. They can't fire you during that time. They can't do anything to you. And when you're ready to come back to work, when you're, you're better, then you go back to work. So that's what I would do right now. I would speak to my doctor, get that doctor's note as soon as possible, and apply for whatever benefits uh, are available. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank no you, problem, Peter. Peter. Take care and, and condolences once again, my friend. Jay, you're the uh, last call of the night, it looks like, probably. Jay, what's up? Okay, thank you. So I have an issue. Uh, well, I used to work for one of these big corporations in Canada, which is federally regulated. And uh, I was there for about eight uh, years, and I suddenly got an injury. It, w- it was an office job. And on top of that, the manager or managers, they were very... They would harass you a lot to the point they would follow you to the washroom even to make sure, hey, why are you going to the washroom? Um, long story short, so uh, when I got injured, I was out for a long-term disability. They, uh, the insurance company rejected it, but um, I was still out because it was I couldn't even stand or sit or anything. Um, then the company just terminated me and without any severance pay or anything. Uh, I asked for accommodation. They wouldn't do that. Um, uh, so I'm just stuck over it. So is there anything I can do? It's been two years, uh, so I haven't done any, anything in that meanwhile. When when were you let go? Uh, what, what was the date approximately? Uh, uh, in 2018. Uh, so we're, we're, unless it was right at the end of the year, you're probably out of time. So that's the problem here. They would absolutely avoid your severance, potentially human rights damages. Uh, there could be significant entitlements, unfortunately, Jay, though, because it's been two years, presumably more than two years, because we're right at the end of 2020 right now, you're out of time, unfortunately, and you can't do anything about it. I, w- I wish we would have spoken before then, but not much that can be done right now. 
Oh, and like no litigation or anything like that would do anything. No, there's a two-year limitation period. So unless that happened, uh, you know, right at the very last couple of days of December of 2018, then mm-hmm. you'd be out of time by now. Okay. All right. Very well. Thank you, sir. I'm really sorry to, to give you those news. I really am. But but this, that's why it's so important, John. We've said this yeah. a million times. That's you right. have to, have to, have to seek advice, get advice, get help. Don't sit on your rights because before you know it, those rights can go away. You bet. We are done for this evening. Appreciate all the phone calls and correspondence. You're awesome. Thank you for tuning in here every show. Uh, you want to reach out now, you can do so. one 821 5900 That's to get a hold of Lior and his crew confidentially. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you just go to employmentlawyer.ca, you'll find links to our television show. And always, always, always go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for reference as well. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, but don't go anywhere. On Point coming right back. With Alex Pearson, this is Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.